Welcome to We Got Your Mac from SHI. If you're an enterprise executive or business leader trying to decide if Mac adoption at scale is right for your organization, this is the show for you. This week's hosts are Victoria Barber and Kevin English. So, hey, Victoria. Hi, Kevin. Good to see you. We've gotten our Macs, yeah? I know you've been busy as well with lots of customer planning stuff, haven't you? It's a busy time of year. A lot of folks are looking at employee choice and end of the year sort of deployments and COVID refreshes, but I'm more interested about what you think about your Mac. You just got a new MacBook Air, correct? Yeah, I did. And I got it in midnight blue, obviously, because... Who wants another silver device? It's silver is so passe. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's been around for a while now. So not not in silver. We are now recording We Got Your Mac on lovely shiny new MacBook, which is great and it all seems to be working well. That's what it does. It just works. It just works. I mean, I literally opened the box which was great. And I was delighted that with no plastic in it, you know, you normally get all those stupid little ties and the little things that cover the end of the plug and the tiny and the little bits of plastic bag. And you end up with piles of of stuff, nothing, all molded cardboard, all recyclable, although I have kept it because it's quite pretty. They do a great job in packaging, very sustainable. And you could tell they're minimalist with everything they do. In fact, if you walked into the Apple store and bought one, retail, you would walk out with this beautiful paper bag that's recycled and stronger than, you know, a canvas one. It's just, you know, they they take such pride in, you know, the detail, which is what I love about it. Yeah. And it's it's that great thing. It's that um, combination of sustainability and design. Obviously, I love the color, absolutely love the color and the quick setup. I just put in, and it was my work Apple ID in this case, and I was in, obviously, you know, I've got to work out other than than recording the podcast, what else I'm going to going to use it for. But certainly the experience today of getting in and getting the podcast set up has been great. But it, and it's also it's got a big enough screen and a high quality enough screen that actually, spreadsheets and presentations that normally I claim I need a screen the size of a wall to work on, they're manageable on this because it's such a good quality screen. I always thought you were overkill with your four different monitors. And because I use my MacBook Pro 15 inch and that's it. Like all through COVID, I didn't have dual displays. I didn't have all that. But I know you you had like a command center. Yep. You don't need that now. But when you've got multiple spreadsheets with multiple pivot tables, how do you manage those on one screen? I think that's a problem in chair, not in computer picnic. <laughs> Yes, generally I use that term about other people, not myself, but... um... (laughs) (laughs) I did pick it up in the IT um, department. So, like, that's the other piece I love about this. Like, I think when I get back to traveling, I'll be able to throw this in a little sleeve and it'll be, like, not so heavy, not so weighed down, you know? Well, I'm certainly looking looking forward to that. I actually came back. I went up to London for for a meeting on Wednesday. I went up with one laptop and actually came back with two and I'd forgotten (laughs) how much hard work it is carrying two not particularly streamlined laptops in a backpack 
on the train in rush hour, not something I want to do again. Well, I guess what we'll have to do over the next week or so is come up with a list of things that we want to test. We can just say, hey, this battery lasted me for four days. Like, I want to test the battery too, like, and see, like, does it last forever without a charge? I'm always plugged into a wall for whatever reason. With this one, I'm going to be very disciplined and not do that because you're consuming energy where you don't need to. And so I want to see how long it lasts with my I'm a power user, you know, I'm on a podcast and everything. Yeah, no, I saw some interesting, I actually saw some interesting stats that somebody had calculated about how much money you can save by that lower power consumption. You replace 100 PCs with 100 uh, M-series MacBooks, you could potentially, I think it was something like $1,400 a year just in the energy savings. Interesting. Which is quite significant. For the end user, that's that's interesting to know for if they're charging at home. But also the real benefit for the end user, I think, is that battery life, not having to think halfway through the day when you're out of the office or at conference or something, where can I go and plug this in? Because yeah. conferences are, are, are notorious. You know, you, They might have charging stations for phones, but they're usually full, but they don't have anywhere you can go and sit in and plug in your laptop because they're empty conference centres with fake walls and no sockets anywhere. So end users are important, but the climate is just as important. I think, you know, $1,400 is impactful enough, but the fact that you're saving the earth is the point, right? Like in doing it. And so, yeah, unplug a little bit, use them too. Okay. Well, now that you're back from at least this round of, of, of conferences and traveling, I think it's time we probably got into this week's episode, which is a conversation with Brad Bowers, who, who's one of our field CISOs, about uh, security in, for Mac in a mixed environment. Brad's a super sharp guy. He'll be able to help us tell fact from fiction as it pertains to security on a Mac versus uh, security on other devices. It's going to be a great conversation, so uh, let's get into it. Let's do it. So in previous episodes, we've talked about the need to ensure that your security tools are compatible with the Mac ecosystem and that your IT teams understand what they need to do in order to secure Apple devices in a mixed environment. So today's episode, we're talking to our colleague, Brad Bowers, the field CISO here at SHI, who works with Fortune 250 orgs on all things cybersecurity. Thanks for joining us, Brad. Welcome to We Got Your Mac. Thanks for having me, guys. Looking forward to this. So one of the reasons we've invited you, Brad, is because we really want to bust a few myths about Mac security and understand what's true and what's not true. Because we used to hear, oh, Macs don't need antivirus or, or other security because there aren't as many Mac viruses. But then the market penetration's lower than it is for Windows. So, you know, maybe it wasn't worth the effort for, for the bad guys. But as the Apple market share starts to grow, is that going to make them more attractive as targets? And, and actually, was it true anyway? And this is a kind of a misconception that's been going on for a very, very long time. The idea was that Macs were more secure inherently. And that's really just not the case. It really comes down to what you had mentioned, the fact that bad guys tend to go where the money is, right? So they're looking to go after the systems, but at the largest chance of being able to gain a value or be able to steal the things that they're after. Now, this doesn't mean that the Macs haven't had their share of 
vulnerabilities, malware and viruses. In fact, just recently, there's been a number of kind of high profile ones. So you're saying it's the people then. And so you're saying that the Apple ecosystem being a closed ecosystem isn't more inherently secure? Complex question there and a complex answer. So natively, they are no more secure than a normal PC. But with that being said, Apple has done some really impressive things. The thing that kind of equalizes out between Macs and PCs here is really how attacks are done. So for instance, uh, a very common one or a new one that recently came out is called Atomic. Now, Atomic is a piece of malware that focuses on the Macs, but it's very analogous to the same things that we see on the PC side. It's going after the people aspect, as you're referring to. So these types of malware are looking to be able to collect data, steal passwords, try to get around other pieces. Now, while the Macs have controls that help mitigate some of those risks, the people aspect is still exactly the same and the risk is still the same on the Macs as it would be on the PCs. So effectively, just because you're using a Mac, it doesn't actually make you less vulnerable to social engineering because people are still people, whatever they're using. So your data loss prevention strategy still needs to be the same. And uh, I think we'll dig into that, but the closed ecosystem piece provides significant advantages or helps add a couple layers of protection on the Macs. And this is something that is likely to grow over time. And ultimately, we'll see how it plays out. What do you mean by closed ecosystem? Is it the application stack? So closed ecosystem in this case being how Apple actually allows applications to be used within their devices. So a big chunk of what makes the Macs very secure is the fact that they do a much better job than a lot of their competitors when it comes to monitoring, approving, and really analyzing the applications that are supported on the devices. This is something that had historically been a reason why iOS devices like the, the iPhone and the iPads were more inherently secure than some of the competitors because of that closed ecosystem. Since Apple requires that any application that is run on these devices be signed by a valid Apple certificate, come from a known good source, now, there's ways around that, but the fact that that extra layer of control is being put in place, it means that it's that much harder for attackers to be able to be successful in running a malicious attack or doing their social engineering piece uh, as it would be against maybe a PC. We've talked in the past on previous episodes, Kevin, about you know a lot of organizations in the past have chosen Macs for the C-suite or the creatives, or they've chosen them because they're a status symbol. But Brad, have you seen organizations actually select Mac for security reasons? Yeah, and this is changing, I think, over time. But about five years ago, you would see a lot of security teams and a lot of pen testers within the security industry using Macs predominantly. Now, the reason for this is partially because, let's be honest, the Macs are built like tanks. They're very rugged. They sip power compared to many of the other systems that are out there. This made them more attractive for security folks, but also because of the native architecture that the Macs are built on. Linux is just simply, and the whole Unix operating system, it's just simply easier for the security tools. 
So security professionals would leverage that as their underlying baseline to use all their tools that they needed to do to be able to do their security testing. Plus, since the PCs were often the um, the target for more of the malware, more of the ransomware type things that is out there, it meant that they were kind of out of band. So if something was to impact, let's say, the organization, the security team, if they were leveraging Max, may not be impacted in the same way, giving them that advantage, giving them that confidence that their machines are, in fact, secure or haven't been impacted by an event and allow them to really focus on uh, cleaning things up or mitigating the security impact. Sounds like you're proving our point, Brad. I think Macs are more secure. I, I just was at JNUG 2023 and heard Fletcher Previn, who's the CIO of Cisco, and he's just released a report that talks about how he's done some research, and it does look to be that it is more secure and, and cheaper. I think we'll have to all read that report and, and deduce whatever biases that exist there. But if the security professionals are using the Macs, I think we're onto something in terms of their security. So Kevin, let, let's pull that thread a little bit. So you're right, there, there's definitely layers of the operating system that have been put in place. There's layers that have been put into the new uh, silicon chipset that add a security value, but they're not impervious to some of those problems too. So for instance, something that's kind of making waves right now is one called Atomic. It's a piece of malware that came out for the Macs not that long ago, and something very new known as Pac-Man. And this is a, a vulnerability that's specifically going after the new silicon chips. And it goes after a security tool specifically, something known as that uh, process pointer, if you will, process authentication pointer. And not to get too geeky with it, but ultimately what that does, it allows an attacker to be able to control where things are in memory and this is a really core thing. Apple made it so it would be more complex or harder for an attacker to get around it, and they really have. But like anything, over time, there's always a little bit of a flaw in there. I obviously think that we'll see Apple take care of these vulnerabilities, and they've made strides to make it better than it is in some of the other operating systems, but there's still risk there, and there always will be. Do you have a point as to whether or not to use Windows Defender, like what's in the Microsoft stack, or to use like Carbon Black or Jamf Protect? So as far as the add-on tools, there's really good ones on the Mac side. Uh, interesting enough, the native ones that come with the operating system are actually pretty effective. And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the very beginning, that closed ecosystem. So when you look at the tools that have been put in place on the hardware side, things like the silicon chips, the T2 processor that helps with encrypting uh, files, helps with the certificates, helps with key management. And then if you move down the stack to parts of the operating system like FileVault and uh, what is it called? Their native uh, antivirus pieces. All of those elements, when layered on top of each other, do a pretty darn good job. Where we see those solutions like Jamf come into play or other solutions that may help on wrapping applications, and uh, we could talk a, a whole bunch about that piece. But when you see these other elements being added onto it, 
it just makes them a little bit richer and allows them to work cleaner in a larger enterprise environment. So as of like maybe seven years ago, it was actually complicated for large organizations to leverage Max with the same level of compliance controls, with the same level of being locked down or configured in the manner that the organization wanted. They could do it easier on the PCs because of just how PCs came into the organization. So Macs have really turned the corner on this. They've gotten much better of introducing those native control elements, as well as leveraging things like Jamf that can be put on top to help better integrate it to all the other solutions that may exist in an environment. So they play better with the PCs, they play better with cloud uh, systems, and they play better with other third-party uh, solutions. So that to me sounds like a bit of an it depends answer. Doesn't it always? That's the, always, that's the answer in all things security. Whenever there's a question around, hey, is this at risk? Well, it, it, it depends, right? You mentioned the compliance piece there, and I know we've talked in the past about the fact that this is something that's sometimes overlooked when people put a new technology into their environment. And I think you have had some examples of where overlooking it has perhaps led to some problems. Apple's done a really good job of moving things to the right. And when I say that, I'm referring to making it so it's more of a corporate, sustainable, easy to integrate into business processes and solutions and really just making it so it has the same level of accoutrements and controls that can be applied to it. And this is why we're starting to see the, the Macs more and more leveraged in corporate environments. And this comes down to the tools that they've done natively, but also just how they're being used and what controls can be applied around them. The compliance piece is absolutely huge. So a stumbling block that the Macs have always had is, I can't put the same level of monitoring, the same level of compliance pieces, the same level of checks and boundaries that I need in order to allow them to be widely used across the organization. That has really changed. With the adoption of just changes that Microsoft has made in their stack from an Active Directory perspective to really more of the things that Apple has brought into the mix, you now can have that same level of control. And the common ones that we see are, well, I have a requirement because I'm a publicly traded company that I have things like when I log into the machine, I'm presented with a banner that says, you're logging into a corporate asset to enforcing password, complexity, compliance and histories, things like that. Two, not being able to add applications. All of those are elements that historically had made it a little bit more difficult to bring the Macs into the corporate environment, those are now native. They can be done now much easier. Interesting. You, you use the word accoutrement. I've never heard that in relation to Mac policy. But what you're saying is every organization is different. It's a snowflake. It depends on what you need to solve for uh, as to which tool and which policy set you'll use. Yeah. And, you know, the PCs have the scars on their back from decades of, of having both nation state actors, malicious users, malware viruses coming after those targets for a very, very long time. And as the, the Macs have gotten more popular, they're starting to see some of that and they're starting to weather through it. And they're doing a pretty good job. I mean, we're seeing them 
uh, be able to deal with the same level and complexities of attacks that we've seen on even the most hardened PCs. When we get into the it depends piece, so what kind of organizations are you seeing that are actually starting to deploy or are deploying Mac at scale? Is there a particular type of organization that is, is going down this route from your perspective? Yeah. So historically, it had been more types of organizations or even departments within organizations that were focused on maybe the creativity side, because the notion was that, well, the Macs are really good for the creative folks or maybe for executives. Not really the, the, the case anymore because they can be widely used. Uh, we see financial institutions, large financials, large pharma, high-tech manufacturing companies. Pretty much across the board, you'll see the Macs being leveraged in all areas of the business. So the security teams are being able to leverage them. The business teams are being able to leverage them. And since we have that large adoption of cloud technologies, solutions, and more sassy type products, the Macs play absolutely seamlessly with those. So it's easier for them to be used in the broadest types of orgs. Do you use a Mac, Brad? Can't see it, but I have two over my shoulder. <laughs> so I use the Mac for a couple of different reasons. For me, it's not because of the native security elements. It's more of just the form factor, the fact that they're built like tanks, they're really good on battery and the utilization piece. But there's something to be said about that. Many security teams that used to leverage the Macs for pen testing, things like that, they've kind of shifted away a little bit. And I think it will come back over time, but they've shifted away because the new ARM architecture makes it a little bit more complex for security professionals like myself to leverage them on the broad sense of tools that you know, we typically need to use or want to use. That has made it more complicated to run unsigned applications. So on the security side, it's fantastic for the average business user because it means there's less risk of them be getting compromised, them being susceptible to phishing or social engineering. But on the security side, when you need to run certain tools in a particular way, or you need to be able to run those unsigned application, it's actually a stumbling block for us. Thank you very much for, for your time today, Brad. We're going to have to get you back for several different conversations because there's a lot more to dig into. Thank you to everybody for listening today. And for more information and to find out about the next episode, visit wegotyourmac.com. We Got Your Mac is produced by SHI International, a trusted global provider of end-user computing, hybrid infrastructure, and cybersecurity solutions to many of the world's most demanding technology users. SHI has more than 20 years' experience helping private and public sector organizations adopt Apple technologies and is an authorized Apple reseller. To be the first to hear or watch new episodes, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and hit the notifications icon. Visit WeGotYourMac.com or SHI.com to solve what's next in delivering Mac at scale across your organization.